Well, good morning. Welcome to Q&A. Uh, this is your opportunity to text in your questions from the service this morning. So numbers up on the screen. So like we usually say, if anything's stirring in your heart and your mind that you want to ask Doug, go ahead and text it in <laughs> from the service this morning. Um, great opportunity to do that. And so thanks yeah. for being here this morning. Um, super encouraging for me as a mom specifically, Good. but just in general this morning, I, as I was listening to the service, I guess it was Friday, thinking about if resurrection power is pointed toward me, then through his power, I can oh. blink. Like what is on a regular basis adding in? What am I not doing that through that power I can do? So uh -huh. fill in the blank. And as I started thinking about what could go in that blank, oh. it, it's just like, wow. Everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> yeah. Everything can go in the blank. And sometimes when we say everything, we that's too general. And... So I think it's good to go, what specifically am I not doing because right. I think I'm too weak, I'm too dumb, I'm too uneducated. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, what am I not doing? I know the Lord wants me to do, but I feel inadequate. And it's the power of God. Right. So, uh, yeah, I don't want to repeat the sermon there. Um, <laughs> well, I do, but uh, it's, it's been so transformational yes. for me. I didn't share it Thursday night, what I shared a little bit this morning, but just the whole issue of the calling of God in my life mm -hmm. to, to be a teacher is the constant reminder of my dependence upon the power of God because I would not, never, by my own choosing, stand in front of people and talk. I'd be in the back of the room. I couldn't be the sound man because I don't have the ear for it, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, I'd do something out of sight that did not involve talking, if it was up to me. So, power of God for me. And here you are that. teaching. <laughs> yes, yes, which kind of freaked me out. But uh, it's, it's been the hardest thing in my life and the sweetest thing in my life in the sense of uh, afraid, but experiencing really the the Lord in a very personal way every time, every, literally every time, whether it's in Thursday night, Sunday morning, when I do a TBF, when I go up to Columbia, wherever, anytime I'm called to speak, it's the reminder of the dependence upon the Lord and His sufficient power. It's that overcoming fear. That was one of the things <laughs> I thought about with the resurrection power are um, fears, like thinking about specific fears that I deal with. Um, mm. Or and that Satan likes to bring back mm -hmm. as a struggle that that can go in that blank like that is his resurrection and power is applied yeah. to that as well. Yeah. Um, oh, you know, thinking about like oh, in this one relationship, can I really be what God has called me to be? Mm -hmm. It seems too hard. Right. I can. It's the same power. Right. <laughs> that, and generally, I think the way we function is uh, we do what we think we can do. Uh, right. Instead of saying, no, what's the Lord want me to do? We, we, we think we can do. I know I've shared multiple times, but it was very impactful to me talking to Tim Ullum, one of our missionaries in a tribal setting, mm. uh, in the back of the South Auditorium uh, after a service, saying, we have come to understand that people think we do what we do because we're not afraid. And they don't do it because they are afraid. Mm -hmm. And he said, 
I don't like big bugs any more than anybody else likes big <laughs> bugs. And I don't like being in a culture where I didn't know and people made fun of me and I didn't understand. Uh, we had all of those same fears. We just, not just, but we believed the power of God would be sufficient for us. And, and so it's living within those parameters that we are comfortable with that really do rob us of experiencing God's supernatural strength. And that's why I was so encouraged by the email, the guy going, man, I've done some things I've never done before and seen God at work in ways I've never seen him at work. Mm. And that wasn't new with the Lord. That was new with him. Yeah, that was a great example. And I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what am I sitting on the bench in or what circumstances have I sat Okay, so any questions? We do not have any questions right now. All right, Uh, so if you have a question, uh, feel free. I have a question for you. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. Actually, I had a sense that there might not be a lot of questions this morning, but it's Mother's Day, and so I thought uh, instead of answering the questions, I should ask the questions to the mom on my left. So you've been a mom for? Nine years. Nine years. August will be 10. Uh, Going into motherhood, Mm -hmm. what were your fears? Ooh. Any? Yes. So actually with our first child, I had babysat growing up. I had never actually cared for an infant. So there was even that physical fear of like, am I going to break her? (laughs) Oh no, what's going to happen? And then I would think one of of my other fears I remember thinking is like, what about me is going to come out? that's not good you know like is this going to bring out other right. things that i need to work on parenting being... does that oh my god <laughs> it is the biggest mirror <laughs> yes yes of that i've ever experienced and so those are probably the two things huh. it was a genuine like oh no what is this going to bring out in me that so did you break your kids i did not break my kids praise the lord <laughs> everybody's fine everybody yeah. was fed everyone survived yeah. <laughs> so the f- Fear mm-hmm. was not realized. Correct. Yes. The fear was not realized. Um, I think it was just something that I had incorrectly thought myself. Okay. I have a follow-up question, mm-hmm. but I, but did I hear a question come in? Or am I hearing um, things? Ah, we did have a question come in. So let's see. How do you balance the responsibilities of being a husband and father or wife and mom with the call to serve? Yeah. Great question. Mm-hmm. Great question. Um, Well, first of all, let's not segment our lives too much and not think that uh, parenting isn't the work of the Lord. So I need to be a parent and then do the work of the Lord. Uh, Being a spouse and being a parent is to the glory of God when we do it in a loving, gracious, truth-filled way. In fact, 1 Corinthians 7 says that um, being married is a distraction to the kingdom of God, but it's a legitimate distraction. But it is a distraction. Uh, and so uh, to my thoughts are first, don't see your life as, well, this is serving the Lord and this isn't serving the Lord. Seek to live as a husband. Is this? Does it sound like it's a man or a woman? Or is it just a general? Just a general. General. It said question. Husband and father. It said I mean, husband, father, or wife and mom. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if this the person asking is male or female, but doesn't matter. Point is the same. 
see that role as uh, sacred, and that is serving the Lord. Now, partly that can sometimes turn into, oh, well, if I'm discipling my kids, then I don't, that's my ministry, and I don't have to have to serve in the church. That, that's not the way it lines up with Scripture. The discipling in the home is what we do as parents, but as part of a body, we have a responsibility to serve in some capacity. So uh, if I brag on my wife, she, I was full-time here, and so I would come early, early on Sunday morning. God had given us six kids. She got six kids ready for church by herself, got them here, got them signed in, and served in the children's ministry after she got here, and basically round them all up and took them all home while I was on the job. So not only uh, was her plate really full without the help that uh, lots of moms get she she served as well on Sunday morning. Some, but what was interesting, and maybe this will help you, um, she did it in areas that she really felt like she was gifted. So she didn't just work in children's ministry because she had children. She really loved and was gifted, is gifted in working with children. I was the youth pastor at the time. She didn't work in the youth ministry. Uh, she would attend at times, but she found I'm not fruitful in youth ministry I'm, like I am in children's Kids, ministry. Right. So uh, I want to caution young moms who think, uh, sorry on Mother's Day, that maybe if I'm ruining your day, <laughs> is that what you were thinking? No. <laughs> okay. Um, you do, I know life is full, so uh, this may seem hard but there's a place for you to serve in some capacity. It doesn't have to be in children's ministry. And I say that because before I came on staff here, I was a Bible teacher in a school setting, and they found out that, and they wanted me to teach the Bible here on Sunday mornings. And I was like, I teach the Bible 30 hours a week. The last thing I want to do is prepare to teach again on a Sunday morning. Sunday, right. So I said, can I make the coffee? So I came early, made the coffee for the Sunday school classes, and then cleaned up the coffee after the Sunday school classes were over and got to sit in the class and then have to teach again. So I'm trying to just give you some freedom to understand uh, there's not just one way to serve. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of ways. And if you're not sure all the different ways, you can check our website and serving needs and see there's real needs there, or just reach out to Carol Raglan, Carol R at cfcjacks.com, and she can help guide you with where there's ways to serve, whether it's Sunday morning, Sunday night, on a Wednesday, with children, with youth, with adults, on campus, off campus. There are so many ways. Um, we don't live a sacred life and a sacred life. We seek to live all together. So uh, I hope that that's clear to you. And if it feels overwhelming to you, I've heard it said 
that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available as well. So obviously my point would be, it may feel overwhelming to you. The Lord will strengthen those who do what he says. He gives us what we need to do what he says. Absolutely. I believe that with all my heart. Absolutely. And no gift is, or, or talent or skill, whatever, is unusable. Oh my I know word. I've been there, like even come, and I've shared this before, coming on staff in the communications huh. world, thinking that's not a ministry. Like communications, marketing, that's not a ministry. That's not... I, boy, was I wrong. Yes. Um, totally wrong. Sorry, and yeah, but you were. I was totally wrong. Um, absolutely, I was. And it's just been amazing to see the Lord use these skills uh-huh. that even from college, like till now, um, and bringing them back to be used sure. for his glory. And so it's really exciting. So I would encourage you not to think of a gift the Lord has given you as something he can't use. Yeah. yeah the, what would have, you may have never thought of being sacred before, but to... Photography, yes. video, video edit, editing, sound guys, people who are running cameras so mm-hmm. that you can watch a service like you watch on a Sunday morning. There are all sorts of, it used to be kind of like, well, I don't sing in the choir, which we don't have one, and I don't, <laughs> and I don't want to teach children. So right. what do I do? And it is all over the board of what you can do. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no limitation yeah. on that whatsoever. Um, we did have one question come in. This might be a longer answer. Can you go a bit deeper on the disciple-making instructions in Colossians one twenty-eight? Yeah, great. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that passage because uh, what I, the visual I have, and some of the, you will recognize this, for disciple-making is not helping a believer grow. Disciple-making is bigger than that. Jesus said, go and make disciples, which means you have to start with somebody who's not yet following Jesus. So the right. disciple-making process has, I think, uh, three crucial movements in it. First, moving from dead in your sin to alive, so being raised up and born again. Second movement, going from an infant in Christ to a growing person in Christ. So. Just think, when you have a baby in your house, they need everything done for them. They're 100% consumers. To Your goal is to grow them up where they become participants, contributors. They grow up and they start taking out the trash. They grow up and they start washing the dishes. They do their own laundry. They wash the car. They are participants. So uh, that's part of growing up in Christ is not only you learn to feed yourself spiritually, you learn to serve. We call that moving from the crib to the table. And then the third step, after we have been raised up, coffin to crib, and then grow up, crib to table, is to get up mm-hmm. and begin to do for others what was done for me, whether that is to share with the lost or help the believer grow up themselves. So we, move, we call that moving from the table to the stove, getting uh, no, no um, <clears throat> lazy boys or recliners at the table. Right. <laughs> we, it's good to be at the table to sit and to eat and to fellowship and enjoy one another, but then to get up and to serve. So the words there in Colossians one twenty eight are proclaim. Mm-hmm. I think that's coffin to crib, to be born again, to proclaim the gospel. Second is there is to teach. That's how we go from 
the crib to the table. And then the third admonishment, oftentimes admonishment is, it's correction where disobedience is set in, whether that's disobedience in clear rebellion or it's disobedience because of distraction or disobedience just because we get a <laughs> we get a little um, casual hmm. and sometimes we need admonished. We kind of need that. You can do it. You need to do it. The, mm-hmm. That where we've settled into less than what God has for us. So that is the disciple making process and. Disciple-making is not reserved just for pastors. All of us get the privilege of, as disciples, to become disciple-makers. So to proclaim him, to teach him, think of teaching way beyond what you would see me do. Most people don't want, including me, right. don't want to do what I do. I think that's what <laughs> most people think. They're up in front of people, yeah. Yeah. having to plan a lesson. Right, know. and it doesn't have to be that. Uh, I love the fact that my wife is right now, she has five ladies from our neighborhood that she's hosting in our home, not here at the church, but in our home, uh, a Bible study for ladies in the neighborhood. It has a video series, so they watch 15 minutes and and then they talk about what they watched and some things that they read together. And one of the things that was so awesome was, uh, and I hope maybe one of our neighbors is watching right now, um, they said, we always wanted to do a Bible study, but that would have meant going to a church somewhere, hmm. finding it, and it's right on our street now. And it was awesome. a great gift to them. And so... Is she disciple-making? Yeah, she's proclaiming Christ, and she's teaching in the neighborhood. And she was afraid. Uh, one of the ladies in our, in our neighborhood is, has her Ph.D. from Duke University, and so she's a marvelous lady, and we love her, and she's really smart, and that can be intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Jackie has trusted the Lord with that. So there's, there's a, just an example of how you can make disciples mm-hmm. In your own neighborhood, you don't have to come to the church to right. do that. So it's and good. Blessing your neighbors. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so we had a uh, barbecue at our house last night. We I smoked a couple of pork butts, and everybody brought sides, and we hung out from like six thirty till ten o'clock last night. So with the neighbors, it was awesome. Fun. Yes, That's and uh, it was it was fun because. Uh, both Jackie said, at, you know, we cleaned up everything, sat down, and she said, I'm really glad we live in this neighborhood. Mm. So that's nice. But what was so encouraging to me was earlier in the evening, uh, sitting on the porch, one of the men said, I love our neighborhood. I love that we do this as a uh, neighborhood. Awesome. So it was, a, it was a good night. That's yeah. awesome. That's super encouraging. Yeah. Well, that's a great blessed story, and that's a great reminder, too, to be praying for our neighbors um, and thinking of ways that we can bless them and build relationships, and also a reminder, those postcards. Uh, So if you have those stories to send them in, um, super encouraging to read those and for us to share with the body. So thanks again for joining us for Q&A. Happy Mother's Day, and we hope you guys have a great Sunday.